Hello, everybody. Glad to have you back. It is January. It is 2022. We are ready to rock and roll. Glad to have you with me. My name is Clark. This is the Down South IT Podcast. I hope you had a great Christmas and a happy new year. But now that we get into the new year, we're going to do this right. So today is going to be an episode on online safety. Not only what you can do, but just different little things here and there to keep you safe while you're online in the new year. We want to do new year, new you, safe you. The internet is a big part of everybody's life. So I just want to make sure that you are as safe as you possibly can be. Especially with the new year, a lot of people got new devices for Christmas, different things like that. So I want to make sure everybody's good to go so we can start the, the year off on the right foot. And being that this is the season eight premiere, you can catch this show plus all the other podcasts that I've done in the past, all seven seasons on SoundCloud. Just search Down South IT Podcast on there. You can't miss it. You can also find me on just about any other platform that you get your podcasts on. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. You can search me on Alexa. I'm on there if you want to get on that too, on Amazon. Um, just about anywhere you can think of, I'm on there. Stitcher, all over. Just look around for Down South IT Podcast. You can't miss it. And while you're perusing for all of that, if you want to check out the website, that is downsouthitpodcast.com. You can go over there. I do have show prep and just notes and different things like that for all the episodes. So if you want to follow along with that, or if you just happen to miss something while you're listening, you want to go through and find a website that I used or a link or something like that, all of that is in the show prep. All you have to do is look at the website underneath the embedded player on the front page, and in the, the link is right there. It's right underneath. It says show prep, and you can get to it right there. Usually, I only have the current season on that first page. If you want to go back to previous seasons, you have to look at the bottom of that page. There's the show prep archive. That'll have all the previous you know, episodes and everything from past shows. You can check out everything on there if you want. Again, that's downsouthitpodcast.com. Look for the show prep link. Also on this episode, the show prep is going to be kind of important because if you miss something dealing with any of these these safety tips or anything like that that you want to go back and look, look at, you can look at that too. Everything will be there. And while you're on the site, I do have some of my build guides that you, you can look at. I do get a lot of traffic on that site every year around it around Christmas time for the Raspberry Pi Christmas light build. Uh, I got a bunch of people that had asked questions about it this year. So they had several people that were trying to build it. But, uh, you know, on the, the off chance that you need help building something like that, let me know, shoot me a message through the website or just hit me up down south it at gmail.com and I'll do my best to help you out. Now, one other programming note that I do have is that supposedly I got an email from Facebook saying that they're going to start doing podcasts on Facebook. Now, I don't know when that's going to start or not. Uh, I don't know if I was part of a beta. I did just get the email saying that they were kind of updating different people as they go, you know, different pages and stuff like that. So if everything works out the way I think it's going to, you might be able to even get the podcast on Facebook as well. It should just pull in as it would whenever I upload it to SoundCloud. So you won't have to worry about it. Everything will be there whenever it updates. So you'll be able to listen to it on Facebook as well. Now, when that does happen, I will let you know, of course. 
but that is something that's kind of in the works on Facebook side. And as soon as I get it done and it's available to you, I will let you know. So let's get rolling for the new year. First tip I have is browsing safely. You always want to look up where you type in your web address or the URL. You want to look for a lock icon. That lock icon means that the site that you are on is secure and that they use valid security certificates. Now, it's nothing that you need to do. It's all the company or you know whoever owns the website. That's their problem to make sure that that site is secure. But if you don't see that lock on there, it's not bad to just browse, but you definitely don't want to buy anything off that site. If they do redirect you to a different shopping cart or, you know, a, a different pay side that has the secure uh, symbol on there like that, that lock symbol, that's not too bad. I would prefer to, you know, the entire website be HTTPS and be secure, but at least at that point, you know, if whenever you're putting in your credit card information or anything like that, that that site is secure. And while we're talking about browsers, you want to look at your browser extensions. We do put a lot of browser extensions on there. I know Chrome and Firefox have a lot of their own. They have a lot of useful tools and different things that you can do with them. Honey and a few other ones can help you save money, you know, on shopping and different things like that. But certain apps that you download and install or, you know, certain sites that you visit will automatically put different extensions into your browser. And those, of course, will leach customer data, you know, that that person's extension is going to, they're going to get that data. You don't want that. So just go into your extensions and make sure that the ones that are there are ones that you want. You can always remove the other ones and take them out. You can uh, uninstall, should I say, if you really want to. But make sure that the ones that are in there are ones that either you installed yourself or are ones that you're comfortable having. Now, the last thing I have on browsing is actually on ads. Ads are pretty much the bane of everybody's existence right now because they're everywhere. Everybody uses them, and it's more of an, a nuisance right now than anything. But every now and then, you do see something that you kind of like and you know you might want to check out later. So what you do is, and if you're on a laptop or on a desktop, you can hover over that ad. And in usually in one corner or right above the mouse, the, the actual address that that ad is going to is going to pop up. Look and see if it's a reputable site. See if the site matches what the ad is for. You know, if it's an ad for something for Sears, you want to make sure it's directing to a Sears website. So, you know, just certain things like that you want to look for. You know, if, if you do that and the address pops up, it's not a site you know or it doesn't match, don't click on it because it's going to send you somewhere that you probably wouldn't want to go otherwise. Next up on the list is password safety. First thing is don't reuse the same password for multiple sites. And the main reason is, granted, yes, it is easier for you to remember if you have the same web, the same one on different websites, but hackers and anybody trying to get your information are counting on you doing that. Most people will do this at least for two or three different sites. They know it. It actually happened to me a couple of years ago whenever I got hacked and it was, it was a complete nightmare because anything and everything that I, 
somebody could try to log in with those passwords and my email address, they tried. I'm talking, they went through just about anything shopping-wise online, big-name stores, little-name stores, email, anything and everything that they could possibly think of that would be advantageous for them to either get more information about me or to get any kind of other credit card information or anything that they could drain my account. They tried. Luckily enough, I caught it fast enough to where I put a stop to it, but most people won't be that lucky. Now, good thing for us, there's a lot of things out there we can use to help us with that. They're password managers. Now, granted, there are some that are built into Firefox and to Chrome. Those are decent, but they're not near as secure as using an actual password manager. Something like 1Password or LastPass are probably the two best known ones. I've used both of them. They're actually both really easy to use. I really didn't have too much of a problem with either one, but I found LastPass was a little bit easier, you know, with their usability than than 1Password was. 1Password just wasn't quite as polished. So, they're, granted, both of these are paid options. They're, I think, around $35 a, a year, something like that. So, it's not terrible. But the fact that you can generate secure passwords, you have everything right there waiting for you. You don't have to remember anything. It's great. So it is a good option to have. And it's also a secure option to have. Now, in the news lately, they've had a few people saying that they've had their one password, uh, master passwords stolen. And, you know, their accounts accessed and stuff like that. Now, according to LastPass, they haven't seen anything on their side that could be the culprit. So most likely those people are going to be part of a phishing scam, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But there are a few things that you can do if you do have 1Password or LastPass, something like that, that you can use to protect yourself. And it's as easy as turning on multi-factor authentication. All that means is that on top of the password, you need a different code. It's a code that either they'll send to your text, you know, through your phone, or you use a password generator, security generator like uh, Google Vault or, you know, something along that line, some kind, some kind of other app that generates a code and you need both to be able to sign in. So something like that keeps things a lot more secure and it keeps it a lot more personal. And to be honest, if you had any kind of website that you visit or buy things off of, if you have the option to use some kind of multi-authentication security like that, turn it on. I mean, granted, it's a little bit more of a pain to log in because you have to have it text you a code every time. But the peace of mind, just in case somebody accidentally gets your password or tries to hack you, you'll be that much more safe because they need not only your phone, but they also need your password. So the chances of them getting to your actual data is going to be pretty much not. And even if you don't go the route of a password manager, even if you just write them on a sheet of paper and keep them next to the computer, you can always do the exact same thing and just make sure that you're not using the same thing for different websites. Use different variations. Use uppercase and lowercase letters. Use the symbols, you know, on the number pad. There's a lot of different things you can do to make your passwords stand out unique and hard to hack. The more random, the better in this kind of case. 
Don't use your birthday. Don't use, you know, different things like that because that's all public information that if somebody hacks you, they can have access to it. So, you know, that's stuff that you want to stay away from. Next on the list is Wi-Fi safety. First up, you want to make sure that you update your router. Most people plug in their router and once they set it up the first time, they forget about it. Not a good idea because most manufacturers for routers and other equipment, they'll send out updates, usually monthly, sometimes quarterly, depending on you know their schedule. Each one's a little bit different. But for the most part, you want to make sure that all of those are updated. They send out not only updates to add different features to whatever device it is. If it's a router, they may have you know, something that has to do with gaming or anything like that. But a lot of router software is security based. What sites are good? Which ones are bad? What, you know, different uh, updated security protocols and different things like that, that really you don't have to worry about on your end all that much, but they'll keep you safe while you are on the computer and while you're browsing. So make sure you update those. Next is you want to make sure your Wi-Fi has a strong password. A lot of people use the default password that comes with their router from your ISP, either AT&T, Cox, Charter, whoever, you know, and usually those are okay, but they use a simple password generator and those are available online. So those are fairly easy to hack and somebody could, if they're close enough, hop on your Wi-Fi and either get to everything in your network or just use your network to download a bunch of crap and put you over your data limit for that month. So when you're picking a password for your Wi-Fi, you want to use kind of the same general rules that you would for a regular password. Make sure it's long, it's unique, has a bunch of characters in it, different things like that. That way, just on the off chance, it's harder to get into. You also want to get in your router and turn off any features you don't use. Say you don't use your guest network at all. Turn it off. You can. It's an it's very much an optional thing to have a guest network run. If you only want to use a 2.4 gigahertz network, you, you can. You can just turn the other one off if you have it. There are a lot of things on there. If you don't use it, you can turn them off. That's the, the best way to keep anybody out of you know, your network is turning off stuff that you don't use. And speaking of guest networks, if you do have your guest network on and you do use it from time to time with people coming over or whatever, there's always an option to have your guest network not access your internal network. You always want to make sure that that's the case. You don't want anybody to be able to jump on your guest network and just be able to get internet and then have access to everything else on your network. That's not what the guest network is for. I'm really not sure why they have it set up that way, but you know, to each his own, each manufacturer is a little bit odd in that way, I guess. That's not how I would set it up, but at least they give you the option to turn that off and just have guest network just basically be its own insulated little network that has internet access and that's it. Now, if you're really paranoid and you really want to not let anybody on your network that you don't want to have, then what you can do is whitelist your network. Basically, what that means is you're going to start your whitelist with everything that you want on your network up and running and connected. Then you turn your whitelist on. It'll make a copy of every MAC address that is on every device that is on the network right then and there. 
and then lock it down. From that point, if something somebody wants to get on your network, you have to actually physically go into the router and add that device in so it can have access. Now, granted, if you have a lot of people going in and out, kids and, and whatnot, that may be a little bit more of a pain to do at first than you would think. But if you're really paranoid about, you know, wary devices getting on your network, this is really the only way to make sure that nothing gets on that you're not aware of. Next on the list is use a VPN. There are a lot of good choices for VPN out there. They got IP Vanish, which I use, Nord, Norton, private internet access. There's a lot of different paid options. Most are around between seven and ten dollars a month, or you know, some go by quarter, some go by year. It kind of depends. In this case, you don't want to go with a free option because nine times out of ten, if something is free, you're the product. So you don't want them selling your data or anything like that. You don't want to have any kind of logs of where what sites you go to or what you do online because that's what the internet is for. You know, you can do whatever you want to on the internet. It's up to you, but you don't want anybody out there tracking you if you can help it. So using a VPN will definitely help with that. But I would have, I would definitely stay away from free options if at all possible. Now, granted, most times if you're at home, you don't need a VPN if you're at home. That network is fairly secure from your ISP to your house. But if you are anywhere outside of your house on your home Wi-Fi, if you get on Wi-Fi at work, if you get on Wi-Fi at the coffee shop or whatever you do, those networks, you definitely probably want a VPN on there just in case, just as a, that added layer security, just so it, there's nobody snooping around on that strange Wi-Fi network that could trace back to you and possibly get some data off your device. Next up is be careful what apps you download. Now, granted, a lot of us are guilty of this, but there's a lot of apps on Google Play and Apple's App Store that have malware on them. They can't catch all of it all the time. They, you know, they say they catch most of it, but you know, there are a lot of apps that fly under the radar for months before they actually find out what's going on with it. So make sure you check on those apps, make sure they're from legit developers before you download them. And you, most of the ones that have the, the weird malware to them are really simple apps like turning your flashlight on, little simple games or you know traffic apps or something like that. It's gonna be something simple a lot of times and then they'll have you know the malware built into it. So make sure you check the, the developer, look at the ratings for that app or that game before you download it. And then once you download it, after it installs and you launch it for the first time, a lot of times, especially now with the newer versions of iOS and uh, Google and Android, they'll actually ask you for different permissions before the app can launch. So kind of be pay attention to what permissions they ask for and make sure they make sense. You know, if there's if it's a weather app, of course it's going to ask for your location and you know things like that. A lot of them are going to ask for permission for your phone. Now, that is in case you do get a phone call that that app can jump ahead of their app, you know, things like that. But if you have a flashlight app, there's no reason why it should be asking for permission to write data to your device. There's no reason why a flashlight app should be asking for your location. You know, things like that you kind of want to be wary of whenever it actually starts up. 
that can tell you a lot about what's actually on that app and what's not. And if you do see a lot of weird permissions like that, go ahead and just uninstall the app and find a different one. You're better, be- you're better off in the long run. Next up is use a good antivirus suite. Now, there's a lot of debate on which one is the best, whether you use McAfee or Norton or, you know, different things like that. Everybody has their own fanboys and they're going to always go for the one that they think is best. To be honest, they're all about the same. They all use a lot of the same definitions to track different, you know, different viruses and things like that. All of those companies talk to each other when they find one that's, you know, particularly bad, they'll pass it around to the other one so they can cover everybody can cover it. So they do talk to each other and it, they are about the same. Some may catch things a little early, some may catch things a little bit later, but for the most part, you want to make sure that you actually have one on your laptop or your desktop. There are even some for iOS and for Android too if you want to go that route. Those have a lot less likelihood of catching a virus, but it's better to be safe than sorry. Now, granted, you do have Windows Defender built into most desktops and and laptops, but that should be your last line of defense. Windows Defender is not very good, to be honest, and you really need something a little bit better than that. Even if it is a free option, there are a couple of good free ones out there, like Avast and AVG. Both of those are are pretty good. I mean, they're not stellar by any chance, any stretch, but they're better than nothing. <clears throat> and the fact that a lot of them have a pretty good firewall set up with them to be to go along with the antivirus is a big help whenever you're browsing online. So that's always an option too. So you don't always have to pay for it for it to be good. In fact, there are a lot of ISPs that offer a security suite if you have their internet. I know Cox does that with McAfee, so uh, it's not unheard of to get a decent one for free. You just may have to kind of look around if you have LifeLock. There's deals on Norton if you want to go that route too. So there's different things like that that you can do to get a pretty good product for not very much money. Next on the list is watch for phishing emails. Uh, I told you I'd get to this a little bit later, so here we are. Phishing emails are emails that you get that a lot of these are going to look scary. And they're, they look scary for a reason. Most are from either somewhere that you shop or a bank or the IRS or Social Security or something like that that says your account is going to be closed if you don't click this link right now. And they do that because they know that if you're scared about your account closing or losing money or something along that line, you are more likely to click that link. And there's a few things you can look out for with phishing emails. And one of them is misspelled words. A lot of these come from countries that English is not their first language. So you want to look for misspelling words. You want to look for phrasing that just sounds a little weird, you know, for a native English speaker, stuff like that. That's definitely stuff you want to look out for. If you see that, Nine times out of 10, you can just delete it. It's not going to be true. It's a phishing email. Don't worry about it. You also want to look for the entire email being a link to a website. Usually, if it's a legit email, they'll have a couple of links at the top or bottom, you know, so you can get to your account or whatever from that email. And they may have a link within the email, but it's only going to be the link, you know, on that a few keywords and different things like that. 
it's not going to be the entire thing. If it's a phishing email, a lot of times they'll use it as a picture and put that as the whole thing. So the entire thing is a link. The background, any of the pictures in the background, everything will be under the same link. That's a big, big one that they do a lot. So if you see that, a lot of times it's a phishing email, delete it. Next thing you can do is compare the email about, is see what the email's about and the domain that it was sent from. So if it's from a Chase, you know, if it's from quote unquote Chase Bank, it should come from Chase Bank. And you want to look at the email address that sent it to you. First thing, if it has after the at symbol, chase.com, then, you know, it may be legit. But if it comes from, you know, some kind of weird thing or a Gmail account or something like that, it's not going to be legit. If it's from Chase or from whatever institution it is, it's going to come from that domain. And that domain is going to be, you know, whatever's after the at symbol. So you got to make sure that those match up. And while we're talking about emails, same goes for attachments. If you get any kind of attachment on an email that you're not expecting or you didn't ask for it, don't open it. A lot of deficient emails will come with an attachment. It says that it's a PDF, but a lot of times it's not. The PDFs can use certain Java exploits and things like that on your computer. So if you do open it, it may look like a document or some kind of weird web page that opens up. But to be honest, all it's doing is installing malware on your computer and you're going to have a lot more problems after you open it than you would before. So unless you requested a document or you know who sent it to you, double, triple, quadruple check before you actually open up anything in an email. Next up on the list is watch for the latest scams. Now, the Better Business Bureau and a lot of local agencies uh, will post known scams and how they work so the public can be aware. You can always check their websites. McAfee posts a lot of ones that they find online too. I do have a link for that in the show prep if you want to go check on that. Uh, look for the show prep icon underneath the embedded player on downsouthitpodcast.com. It'll be right there. It'll be kind of toward the bottom. The hyperlink is there. It'll take you to a page on McAfee's site. It's one of their blog posts, and it'll go through a lot of online scams, and you can read through that just so you're not fooled by anything or you know, you're kind of up to date on it. So if you see something, you'll recognize it. And last on the list is keep your devices up to date. This kind of goes along the same line as the router, but it's for everything else. If you have any kind of smart home equipment or uh, Alexas or Google Homes or, you know, your phones or anything like that, make sure that they're updated. A lot of the devices, especially smart home stuff, will automatically update, but some you actually have to go into their respective apps and tell it to update. You know, so you double check on that and make sure that all of that's updated. If you see an update on your phone, make sure you go ahead and update it because a lot of the updates that they do is not just, you know, the they do do the yearly updates for whatever operating system it is that adds new features and different things like that. But a lot of them, usually monthly or quarterly, again, depends on the manufacturer, will send out security updates. So those updates, you got to make sure that those are up, up to date as well. 
And it, so if you see an update on your phone or anything like that, you know, don't just leave it sit there for a while. Go ahead and update it. Make sure everything's good to go. And that brings us to the end of the list and the end of the premiere of season eight. If you're still listening, thank you. And hopefully some of these tips will kind of help you out or at least get you thinking on some things you can do to be safe online. Thank you again, everybody, for listening. We, this has been a really crazy year for 2021 and the podcast has actually done really really well is a lot better than i ever thought it was going to so thank you all for listening i do appreciate each and every one of you thank you i'm hoping this year adds even more going forward and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger that's that's kind of the goal for right now like i say i'm i'm kind of riding on the high right now because of how good it was last year Ended up with over 15,000 streams for the, the podcast for the for that year. Awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. Love it. Hopefully, I can break that this year, but I'm going to need your help for that. So pass this along to your friends, family, anybody you think would be interested. Let them know. Tell them about the website. Pass it along. Of course, follow me on Facebook at Down South IT. Anywhere else that you want to listen to the podcast, please share it if you can. I just want to make sure that this thing gets out and gets as big as it possibly can get. And of course, to do that, I'll need your help. So thank you very much for listening. I do appreciate each and every one of you. I'll end like I always do with a paraphrase from Albert Hubbard. Technology can replace the work of many people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go ahead and be extraordinary today. Thank you all for listening. I love you. This has been the premiere of season eight. Much, much more to go. Much, much more to say. It's going to be an interesting year. I'm looking forward to everything that's coming. I'm looking forward to sharing all of this new knowledge with you so we can go on this ride together. It's going to be awesome. Thank you again for listening. I'll catch you next time right here on the Down South IT Podcast. Later. Later.